Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here at Lee Summit. My name's Ryan. It's uh, my privilege to get to host with Pastor Christian. Sunday was message two in a new series called Vision Month at JCI. I uh, want to welcome you to many who are listening around the United States and around the, the world. We're glad you've found us. We would love for you to rate us, help get the word out so we can continue to help people activate their faith. Uh, we're glad you're listening today. Uh, Pastor Christian, last week, uh, Pastor Christian Gracia, our church plant resident, preached his first message at Journey. He did a really great job. In this vision month, why was this such an important step for him and our church? So, Ryan, one of the things that's going to come out of vision month, so we've got four Sundays of vision month, is this theme that Jesus made his life about God and us so we could make our life about God and others. And if we live in spiritual community with people that are making their life about God and others. We don't ever have to make it about us because God will make sure someone else will. So it it becomes this trust that it's not about us, um, but God will take care of us. And our church, as we reflect on the last 10 years, our church exists because we were able to stand upon the shoulders of people who believe their churches, their money, their people, their pulpits, their vision was not just about them. Uh, Pastor Brian Beloy and Westridge Church in Dallas, Georgia, the vast majority of people who will never even know who we are, but who supported Westridge and Westridge supported us, LifePoint Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, with Pastor Daniel Floyd. Again, a church that will never know we exist, but because they exist, we exist. Pastor J.R. Lee in Freedom Church in Ackworth, Georgia, an uh, early adopter of the Launch Network. Pastor Vance Pittman in Hope Church in Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Pastor Chip Henderson um, in their church in Mississippi. And I could go on and on and on. Mac Lake, who um, led the Launch Network, the Liberty Church Planning Network with Pastor Doug Ranlett and Pastor Matt Wilmington. Like all of these people from all these churches that believe the world needed new churches, that believe the world needed fresh life, that believed Journey Church International should be a church that planted in Lee Summit, they would benefit nothing from our church except that God would move and the kingdom of God would grow. And we need our church to understand that's who we are. We are not just about those who go to our church. We are very much about those who go to our church, and we believe that Jesus gave his life for them. But we believe Jesus lived for God and us so that we could live for God and others. And that will be a theme of Vision Month, that we exist standing on the shoulders of people who have come before us so that People like Pastor Christian Gracia and his wife Hannah can stand on our shoulders as they plant their church with the hope that in 10 years they'll be planting churches. Uh, so we can be a church planted by churches that plants churches that plants churches and on and on and on till Jesus comes back. It's been great. So many great people have uh, locked arms with us and helped us get here and uh, have Grab the mission of our church, and we're really thankful. And we know so many people will get behind Pastor Christian Gracia as he plants in years to come. 
Uh, our discipleship tracks start this weekend, and Sunday night kicks off with our scripture track. Uh, part of the track will be to understand the importance of the Old Testament. You mentioned this in your sermon, but why is it still important to study the Old Testament? Yeah, so the verse that we read from the Apostle Paul 2,000 years ago to a church in Corinth was, listen, and remember, he's he's talking to, for the most part, Gentile Christians who had not adopted the Jewish faith, but who had come to believe in the Jewish Messiah. And now the Apostle Paul's leading him, leading them through spiritual history and the plan of God through Old Testament scriptures. And he's saying, look, I, I know you are not Jewish um, Christians. You're not Judeo-Christian believers. You're Gentile believers. But the Old Testament scriptures have incredible um, spiritual wisdom for you because everything that happened to them is an example for those of us trying to live for Jesus now. And everything we learn from them spiritually, we can put into practice so that we live closer to Jesus now. I talked about one of my mentors who said, um, it's good to learn from your mistakes. It's better to learn from someone else's mistakes. One of the reasons we study the Old Testament is so that we can see the mistakes that people of faith made as they walked with God and so that we can learn from all the great things they did as they walked with God. And the book of Hebrews in our New Testament scripture would say the Old Testament and Old Testament Jewish worship and everything in the Jewish tabernacle and everything in the Jewish temple and everything in Judaism was a shadow and a picture and a foreshadowing of Jesus. So the book of Hebrews would say the key that unlocks the mystery to who Jesus was and what Jesus has done for us is really understanding that Old Testament scripture and how God interacted with the people through a mediator, through signs and patterns and pictures and types of things that would all point towards Jesus as the one who would stand between us and God so that he might be the bridge that brings us together. So Old Testament scripture, we learn from mistakes of faith so that we don't make those mistakes. We learn great lessons in faith so we can repeat those great lessons of faith. And we learn who Jesus is and was and what he does right now in our life as the mediator between us and God. Yeah, it's uh, so many great lessons we can learn um, as we study. You know, at, this message was called Glory Story. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I want to encourage you, you can go to the uh, website, takethejourney.cc or JCI app. It's always great to get a chance to hear it for the first time so you can learn, uh, but also to listen to it again. But lesson number one in your message is remember. And in that lesson, you referenced Joshua 4 and the 12 stones that were taken from the Jordan River by the Israelites. I remember going to Israel my first time and getting to go to this location. Uh, why is this such a significant moment for the Israelites, and how can these moments challenge us as followers of Jesus? Well, the Israelites needed to remember that God moved on their behalf. And what's really interesting, so, so we can think of it this way, um, 12 stones or 10 plagues. 12 stones or 10 commandments. The generation that came before the 12 stone generation was a generation of people in Israel who saw, who, who physically saw God with their eyes bring 10 plagues upon the Jewish people, who physically saw the presence of God in a cloud and audibly heard the voice of God from a cloud on Mount Sinai give 10 commandments. 
And yet these supernatural acts of God were not enough to shape their heart to follow God and to trust God. So with the ten plagues behind them and the ten commandments under their belt, this entire generation died in the desert. Now their kids are finally entering the promised land. And they don't have the ten plagues to go back to. Most of them were not alive then. And a lot of them don't have the Ten Commandments to go back to. They have the tablets in the ark, but not that moment at Sinai. Either they weren't there or they were too young to remember. So God says, I'm going to give you a great memorial of my supernatural power, which was which was stopping up the Jordan River. And seeing the power of God displayed in what came out of the Jordan River. Now, clearly, this is a picture of the ministry of Jesus who would be baptized in the Jordan River and who would come out of the Jordan River and who would be a sign to the whole world that the God of Israel was real. But these these 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel were a picture to the Israelite people that God was still moving, that God was supernatural, that God could be trusted, that God had brought them two things they never would have come to on their own and that God had brought them through things that they never could have gotten through on their own and they could trust him as they move forward. And that was the symbolism of this pile of rocks. And for us, that has to be the symbolism of Jesus. We have to, in every area of life where we find ourselves coming to something that we wouldn't choose to come to, that we don't even know how we got to, we have to remember the symbol of Jesus and we have to trust that for some reason he has brought us there, but we also have to trust that he will bring us through. See, the bottom of the Jordan River was not a place that these spies could have gotten, like I said on Sunday, with the greatest scuba gear in the ancient world. They could not have retrieved these 12 stones at flood stage from the bottom of the river. They were at a place that only God had only God could bring them to, and they were at a place that only God could bring them through. And all of us need to look at every moment of our life as a place that God has brought us to and a place that God can bring us through. And God told the Israelites, look at the stones. God tells us, look at Jesus. Hebrews, we'll go back to Hebrews chapter 12 again. He is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. When you look at what you've come to in life, what you look at what you have to go through in life, just look at Jesus he is the reminder that you're going to be okay, that you're going to get through this. And every time you doubt, and that will be often, just keep looking at Jesus. The stones are a picture of Jesus, and Jesus is the one who continues to get us through the things in life we never thought we would come to, but that we get through. It's actually one of my favorite Bible stories, having been to this location, because one of the things that helps me in my faith is actually remembering. Yes. Is remembering, wait a minute, Ryan, God didn't let you down that time. Look how many years he's walked with you. Look how many years he's got you through these. It's it's uh this this point's actually been a great lesson for me. And we learn we learn from Deuteronomy chapter six that one of the greatest discipleship tools, and we'll talk about discipleship a little later in this podcast. But God says one of the greatest discipleship tools that anyone has is remembering and telling the story of God in their life. That's why the 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 the, the Bible study title is called Glory Story. Your story should be something that gives God glory. Remember the word glory means weight, means matter, something you can feel. You have to remember and tell the parts of your story that allow people to feel the weight and the power of God in your life. Your glory story, your testimony uh, is what allows people to see 
that God has brought you to and through things in life that you never could have got to or through on your own. Yeah. Uh, lesson two from your message is get ready. And you connect it to yeah. God's desire for his people to be holy. You also make the statement, to be used greatly by God, you must be connected closely to God. So how are connection and holiness such crucial aspects of being used by God? Yeah, so let's look at first at the at the outstanding picture of how close to God do you, does he want us to be from the story of Moses in the book of Exodus, from the story of Joshua in this week's narrative. You say, how close do we need to be connected to God? Um Maybe an eighth of an inch closer, because the only thing that was keeping Moses and later Joshua from connecting to the holiness of God would have been the sole of their leather sandal, which was probably an eighth of an inch. That's how close some of us are, but one sin, one habit, one emotion, one friendship, one addiction, one hang-up, one moment from our past that we can't forget. Like, for some of us, the only thing connecting us from the intimacy and holiness of God is the smallest little thing in our life. But if we could figure out how to remove that sandal so we could connect to the holiness of God, it, it would it would change everything. And why is it so important to be connected to the holiness of God? I love what uh, Christian Gracia said as he ended his message last week. He talked about his brother seeing the light in his life. And, and he said... Here's what I know. There's nothing good that lives in me. The Apostle Paul would say the same thing. There's nothing good that lives in me. So if you see light at all, that's Jesus in me. And we know the closer you walk to Jesus, the more you will be, according to Romans chapter 12, the closer and more often that you walk with Jesus, the more you will be conformed to his image. And if Jesus is the only hope and savior of the world, that means people have to see him. And if they see him better by you walking closely and more often to him, then it's something we have to do, not just for us, but for the entire world. Um, the word, the word holy is a word literally that means set apart from something to something. And what we, what we see in this text is Moses and Joshua, they needed to be set apart from their sandals so that they could connect to the holiness of God. So for some of us, it might be a little bit of sleep. It might be a television show. It might be a phone conversation. It might be scrolling social media. But if we could figure out how to remove the, the thin layer of whatever that's keeping us from connecting to Jesus in a way that allows us to be conformed to his image. And if we do the work of doing that, it would allow us to be intimately connected to God, and it would allow other people to more clearly see Jesus and the image of Jesus in us. You know, as I minister to men, and soon will be again on Tuesday nights, my heart is always to help challenge men to get things out of their life that doesn't glorify God. And it's, yep. and it's hard, but I, yep. what I'll always tell men, you will never regret getting things out. Nope. You'll regret later thinking, why did I hang on to that? Why did I let that rule my life? You'll never regret getting some things out that will draw you closer to Jesus. Yep. So lesson number three uh, was to release selfish expectations. And you talk mm -hmm. about how the city of Jericho and its contents were to be devoted to the Lord and that the purpose of the people of Israel in the land of Canaan was uh, so that the glory of God could become the story of the world. Why do you think people of the 21st century struggle with the thought of releasing selfish expectations? Fear. Uh, Satan has convinced the people of the 21st century 
of the exact same thing that he convinced Adam and Eve of in the Garden of Eden. That like, if you don't take control of this, God will not give you the best. He won't give you enough. He might give you something, but he won't give you enough. You will not be satisfied until you have everything that your eyes desire, right? He tempted Jesus with the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Satan will uh, consistently tell you, listen, you are not going to be satisfied unless you have everything that your eyes desire. And you know what? Solomon got to have everything his eyes desired and he said I still feel empty. Satan says you will not have ev- you will not be totally satisfied until you have everything that your flesh desires. And Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes I didn't withhold any pleasure from myself. Yet I felt empty. And Satan would convince you of pride of life until people respect you and know who you are and treat you with the respect you deserve. You'll never be satisfied. And Solomon said, the whole world lined up to hear me, yet I wasn't satisfied. Satan takes Jesus in his wilderness temptations and tempts him with the same thing, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Do what will make you feel good. Do what will make you look good. Do what will make other people respect you. And Jesus says, none of those things satisfy. What satisfies is trusting God. Why Why are people unwilling to release selfish expectations. I don't believe most people are selfish. I believe most people are afraid. And they are unable to trust that God's got their back, that God's looking out for them. And they're unable to trust that the things they lack are actually for their spiritual good. It's not that God forgot about you last week in the food line. He gave you exactly what he gave you for a very specific purpose. And whatever the lack of what you have is doing in your life right now could be good for you spiritually and allow you to lean into God. Jesus was hungry when Satan said you should have some food. He's like, I'd like some food, but right now God's got me in a position of hunger because that's better for me than food. So it, I don't think it's selfish as much as it's fear and lack of trust. And I think what Jesus told us in Matthew six, like if you would just trust God to take care of you, chase him, and somehow all the needs will get met to chase him and you'll be satisfied and have your needs met chase your needs. You'll never be satisfied and you and your spirit will never be connected to God. So, you know, there was, we don't talk about him really this week at all, but Aiken in the story who stole, he just said, my eyes saw it, my heart wanted it. And I believe that it could take care of me. Um, And Ryan, it didn't just destroy him, it destroyed his entire family. And there are people who have entrusted their entire life to God, and their family has benefited greatly. And there are people who have continued to make it all about them, maybe out of fear more than selfishness, and it's negatively impacted their family. That's that's the story of Achan and the sinful desire driven by fear that God is not going to take care of me, that he had. So we th- that's one of the reasons we're doing 21 Days of Prayer, to help people hear and understand these voices of fear um, and to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit voice versus the voice of spiritual warfare so that you can lean into God and get all your needs met rather than chasing your needs and losing God in the process. Great truth, great lessons as you, uh, as you apply those to your life and to your heart. Uh, the fourth track, as we've been mentioning, is the leadership track, talking about multiplying ourselves, uh, where our hope is to lead people to help somebody else with what they've learned. So question we've been asking each week on the end of the podcast, 
what from this message would you want our audience to share with someone? Share your glory story, ma'am. Share your glory story. There's a part of your story where you felt God. Share it. Share it every time it comes up in conversation with somebody else. Somebody struggling with peace. There's a time God gave you peace. Share it. Somebody struggling with uh, a broken heart. There's a time you were struggling with a broken heart and Jesus helped you share it. Somebody struggling with processing going through um, a death. You probably did that in your life and your faith helped you share your story. Share your glory story. Share the parts of your story that let people feel and experience God in your past. So that would be a really, really big one. And then, and then I think the second thing to share would be, listen, the power of God is on those who remain close to God. So figure out, figure out how to take your sandals off. Whatever it is, even if it's just a really, really, really little thing, a really thin layer of life, that's keeping you from connecting to God, figure out how to take your sandals off so that you can stand on holy God because uh, on holy ground, because I think the story is less about Joshua's sandals than it is the opportunity to connect to God. You have an opportunity through Jesus to connect to God. Uh, we talked about it on Sunday. Um, it's interesting. God told Joshua through his angel, take off your sandals so your feet can stand on holy ground. Jesus later would take off the sandals of the disciples and he would wash them so that they could connect with the holy god of the universe who said you've been cleansed head to toe like take off your sandals stay close to god so you can live in the power of god great challenges great things to share um as always we hope you'll you'll listen share it with someone else maybe listen again um thanks for joining us on the podcast today pastor christian always love the insight and uh and wisdom we want to thank you for listening if you're a new listener, we're, we're glad you found us. Um, we, we hope you'll come back often for more biblical insights and ways to activate your faith. As always, we'd love to minister to you, encourage you, uh, help you feel welcome if you want to come and, and join us in person at one of our Sunday morning services, 8, 9, 30, or 11. Uh, we'd love to hear how God's working in your life or if you have a question for us. As always, uh, we would love to answer those. Activate at takethejourney.cc is the email. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.